Hi, and welcome to the Annex Podcast Elevate YM Edition. We're a youth group at the Building Christian Fellowship that believes that you can have a real and relevant relationship with Jesus, even at a young age. And we pray you enjoyed this message from last Thursday. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You guys may be seated. Thank you, Wisdom. Don't fall over there. Real quick, you guys, we are reaching the final weeks of school. Is anybody excited? Oh, that, that You showing a hand isn't you that excited. You giving me a golf clap isn't telling me that. Are you guys excited that school is almost over? Hopefully all these grades are right. You know, we're bringing home A's and B's and, you know, like it might be a C for now. But next year, next year we're going for honor roll. But you know what was interesting for me, man? Um, this past Tuesday, Pastor Erica and I taught Bible study together, which was a hilarious challenge on its own. Like, I love being able to sit down and read my word with my wife, you know, for us to get to spend that time together and be able to teach together. But, uh, you know, we had decided to go over to uh, uh, Fairfield Journeys, like over here off of Chadbourne. And as we're leaving, we're getting have to get ready to go pick up our kids and next thing I know, I hear, John Butcher? I didn't know whose voice it was. I didn't know who it was. But it turned out to be my junior college football coach. Like, the guy that recruited me and, and, and convinced me to go to Solano. Like, let me put it this way. It's this, like, not saying that Solano is this big deal. I'm not trying to say that I was a super Division I athlete. But back in those days, Solano was like... Ain't nobody trying to go to the 13th and 14th grade. Like, that's how it was. And it probably still thought of like that. But in all seriousness, though, I, I had thoughts of, like, maybe going to DVC or, you know, I had talked to, like, the ARC coach to go to American River out in Sacramento. But this is the guy that convinced me. He's like, look, man, stay home. Stay home. Save up your money. You know, that way you can set yourself up for success. When you come to school, I know a lot of these guys cut up, but when you come to school, you know, Come to class, take care of business, and then we can set you up to go to a four-year school so you can get your education paid for. Like, he sold the idea to me. And, and, and I don't know if there's anybody in your life that maybe is not a parent or a grandparent, someone that's not a part of your family that maybe is a coach that influenced you, or maybe that is a, a, a teacher. Anybody have any favorite teachers, even during quarantine, that try to at least make it Make it good, even though you're on the screen and stuff like that. If we think back, we're thinking back on like one of our favorite teachers. Maybe you had a favorite kindergarten teacher, or maybe it was the yard duty that was always really cool, or the lunch lady that gave you a little bit of extra food when it was time for lunch. That was, that was this coach for me, Coach Marks. Coach Marks was that guy. And like, I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with him. Like, I was only at Solano for the period of like one calendar year. But the time that I was there, he created such an impact on my life that, like, it changed my life forever. Now, am I saying that this is the most Christian dude of all time? No, by no means. Bro cussed like a sailor. But the positive impact that he had on my life, he was a psychology professor. He was a sports psychology professor. And one thing he always used to say to us before games, before practice, Matter of fact, the first time we got to meet the coaches, coaching staff and all the rest of our teammates, one of the things that he always said was this, all attitude, baby, all attitude. This pasty little white guy 
little white guy amongst a big room of big old burly football players would get us all hyped and be like, all attitude. It's all about your attitude. It's all about regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what the score looks like, regardless of what the game looks like, it's all about your attitude. The way that you go into the game, you might think that you're big stuff, but the person with a better attitude, with a better mindset is going to be the one that wins. The person with a better attitude, the person with a better mindset is going to be the one that succeeds. Now, I know that's not found anywhere in scripture. I know that doesn't sound like a super duper Bible verse, but I truly believe that God put certain people in your life to learn a lesson. I truly believe that God can still use the foolish, weak, and despised things to get his glory out of it. And in that lesson that I learned years ago and that I still instill in my life now, that I still instill to my guys and my ladies that come to work out with us over at the spot, it's all about attitude. What do I usually say to you guys? Mentally tough. Mentally tough. I don't just say that to hear myself. Most of you guys are going to laugh. I'm like, he does say that. He says it a lot. Mentally tough. That I know you're tired. I know it's hot outside. I'm hot too. I'm out here with y'all. I know your muscles hurt. I, I know things are tough. I know things are hard to go through. I know things aren't preferential. I know this isn't the way that you saw things working out. But you have to have that mental toughness. You have to remind yourself of what you're doing things for, why you do things. And so to look at scripture, in, in my study time, I came across this scripture. And I won't be before you guys long. We're only going over eight verses. But the title of tonight's message is Echo the Attitude. Echo the Attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, Echo the Attitude. Come on, y'all. Wake up. Listen, we got eight verses. We're going to get through it real quick. Say it again. Echo the Attitude. So we're going to read from 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to start from verse 1. And this is the Peter everybody knows about. This is like sailor Peter. This is cut your ear off Peter. This is walk on water Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting verse 1. When you get there, say, I got it. If you're looking up on the board, say, it's me, JR. I appreciate the truth, man. I appreciate the truth. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. It says this. It says, so then... Since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished, somebody say finished, with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing down your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have enough, you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy their immorality and lust, their feasting and, and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Of course your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. They talk bad about you. They start saying, mm, Trey changed. Mm, Ayana changed. But remember that they will have to face God who will judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the spirit. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, 
Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Does that say show deep love for yourself? Does that say show deep love for me? Does that say uh, 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 look out for, for, for number one? It doesn't say that, does it? It says most important of all, continue to show for love covers a multitude of sins. The title of tonight's message is Echo the Attitude. Now, now Peter is giving us the blueprint on what it looks like to have a Christ-life lifestyle and act like and mirror the image of Christ. When it comes to the, the title that I gave, I don't have a bunch of points to give you guys. I don't have our lifestyles. When it comes to the way we build our relationships, they all in all facets of our life have to echo saying, so then since Christ suffered physical pain, you must also painting for us. That picture that, that, that is painting for us is this. That work, that, that, that suffering that Jesus did on the cross, it, it wasn't just for, for nothing. It wasn't just to, to, to do a good thing and do things on the behalf of people. What he did on the cross saved us from, this, from sin, saved us from the penalty of death forevermore when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Peter's not talking to people that don't know God. Peter is talking to brothers and me that know who God is, that have come to the knowledge of who Jesus is, that claim to be Christians, and he's giving them a reminder saying, look, if you've adopted this, this Christian life, if you've adopted the walk of Christ, act like it. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, you need to be acting like the person you're claiming to be following. It's in the name. We're not, we're not called Christians by accident. We're called Christians because we're followers of Christ. Christ suffered physical pain. So we have to arm ourselves with the same attitude that when we look back in Scripture, it constantly talked about Jesus being about his father's business. And because Jesus is about his father's business and we call ourselves followers made in the image of God, sons and daughters of the most high God, we have to follow suit. We have to follow, follow in the mindset that, listen, life might not be preferential, might, life not, might not be the way that I want it right now, but, but I'm ready to suffer like Christ suffered because I know that I will only suffer for a little while to get the glory with God for eternity. That this life is nothing but a vapor. A hundred years, if, you, if by the grace of God you live to be a hundred, is only, you see all this fog in the air right now? That's all it is. It's a vapor. It, 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 if, if we turned off the haze machine, all this haze would go away in a moment. That's what the span of your life is like. Is look, that, that this suffering that, that, we, that we experience as Christians... This suffering that we experience is only for a moment. But understand that we will have glory with, with, with Jesus forever. And now that we've, we've, we've adopted this life, now that we've adopted this lifestyle, we're no longer tied to the old man. We're no longer tied to the person we used to be before we accepted Christ. It says in verse 1, you have finished with sin. There are so many people that, that, that don't understand the freeing uh, 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 
the freeing nature and the freeing qualities of what Jesus did on the cross. The word says that whom the son has set free is free indeed. That's not just an encouraging little phrase to help you get through the day. That's truth. It's the word. It's saying that whom the son has set free through his sacrifice on the cross is free indeed. So if you need freedom, uh, uh, need to be set free from addiction, you can be set free. If you need to be set free from codependent relationships, you can be set free. If you need to be set free from toxic relationships, you can be set free. Because many times when, when, when we're looking for things to fill us up, when we're looking for earthly things and, and, and fleshly relationships and, and money and jobs and all the accolades and stuff like that, we think that's the thing that fulfills us, but ultimately it is Christ that fulfills us. And because we have chosen Christ, we don't need Jesus plus stuff. We don't need Jesus plus all the other things. That we don't seek Jesus, you know, just because we're looking for stuff. We seek Jesus to seek Jesus. So now that we've adopted this life in Jesus, all those things that we used to try to fill ourselves up with, we leave that behind. We're finished with it. We, we wiped our hands of it. It's like when you're outside playing and like, or you're outside fixing something and your hands get dirty. Once you've washed your hands, you're clean. You're clean now. You're pure now. No matter what happened outside, no matter what happened and, and how dirty your hands got while you were out there in the world, once you come into the Father's house and have your hands clean by the sacrifice that he's done for you, you're clean. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. God's sacrifice was sufficient enough. Verse 2, it says, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will do you will be anxious to do the will of God. When, when, when we accept Christ into our hearts, when we accept Christ to, to do a new thing within us, not only do we change behaviors, but we are changed from the inside out. That our desires become like God's desires. As a matter of fact, our desires become God's desires. That's why when the Bible talks about uh, seeking you shall find, asking you shall receive. This isn't telling you to say, like, look, if you ask for a Mercedes, God's going to give you a Mercedes. That's, that's not how it works. It's not like, I, I don't know if you've been there before. I know you guys are young, but have you ever been in a position where you're praying hard and earnestly for something, and yet you still don't get it? Like, have you ever prayed, like, like, like earnestly for something, and, and, and it seems like it's good, like, God, this is going to be beneficial for me. You know what? You know I need some money to pay for this. You know I, I need a job to be more responsible, to show my parents I'm more responsible. God, you know I need this, this car, God, to get to and from school. I got to get my learning in, God. What makes you think that God doesn't already know what you need? What, 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 what kind of father would he be to not know the needs of his sons and daughters? That, that, that would be an imperfect father. That wouldn't be a good dad at all. Just imagine for a second if I let Mariah sit at the house all day without eating. They call the people on me like, come get this baby. He ain't feeding the baby. He ain't washing the baby. He ain't doing nothing. As her father, I know her needs before she even asks it. So before she wakes up, guess what? Let me go ahead and get this oatmeal ready. Because the first thing she's going to say in the morning is this. Y'all don't know this, but this is what she'd be saying. She'd be like, morning, Daddy. Daddy, I'm hungry. And I hit her with the, hungry? What happened to Mariah? Daddy, I am Mariah. 
I know her knees because I, I'm not trying to pump, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I know her knees because I'm a good father. I know her knees because I, 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 I didn't literally create her, but played a part, you know what I'm saying? I was there from the beginning. I, I was there, I was there to see her take her first breath. I was, I was there to be able to see her in the womb. And to take, it a, take this metaphor a step further, God saw you from when you were just a twinkle in your daddy's eye. He's the one that created each every bone and muscle and, and skin tone and, and hairstyle. I don't know all the letters and numbers that they have now, the, the, the 4C, the 811W, I don't know what it is. But he knows each and every hair that is on your head. What makes you think he doesn't know your needs? What makes you think that he doesn't know your needs over your wants? So when we change everything and our, our will and desires become more like the Father's, not only do, do, do our will and desires change, but we trust God to supply the will, uh, our desires. To say this, God, I'm learning more and more about your will and desires. God, you are leading in me in this direction. If it be your will, give me the provision that, you, that I need. And watch how things start to operate. Watch how, th watch, watch how much you get, you get blessed when you operate in the will of God. Watch how blessed you become when you operate in the will of God. Verse number three. We'll read three and four again real quick. It says, you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. In other translations, it's not just the worship of idols, but it's the worship of demons. It says, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. That is some of the most beautiful, poetic imagery I've read in a while. Jumping into the flood of destructive things that they do. Like, the things that your old friends used to do are so crazy and wild, it's like a flood of water. Like, it's destructive. Like, anywhere that path crosses, anywhere it touches, it tears things down. Anytime, you guys ever seen, like, a, like a, like a major flash flood come through? Like, I remember one time I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and I was out there. We were, I was playing drums for somebody at the time. And I didn't know anything about monsoons. I don't know if you know anything about monsoons, but Arizona was like 110 degrees that day, okay? Hot. We in the desert. There's, there's not mountains and grass like there is here in California. Their mountains literally look like big rocks in the It looks like a picture, just big rocks and horizon. That's what it looks like out there. The ground is dry. You can see the heat coming up. Man, you, you think the people at Chick-fil-A are good here. The Chick-fil-A people in Arizona, Lord Jesus, Trey, you need to step your game up. They'd be out there in the 110 degree weather out there sipping their lemonade like, and just like try to get back to work. Be like, my pleasure. Like knowing good and well, you about to have like a stroke or a heart attack or something. But when it comes to monsoons out in Arizona, we're on our way to this event, Right? It's supposed to be projected for there to be like 1,500 to 2,000 people at this event. A bunch of people. Really big church event. And next thing we know, I take a nap, 
and like the sky gets dark, but it's only like two o'clock in the afternoon. Like, what is going on? The rapture is happening. What's happening, Jesus? And it starts dumping rain. Next thing you know, we're, we're going down a street that was, mind you, we're in like the desert. Dude, you can't even see the street. The water's getting so high. It's flooding everywhere. Like flooding gets so bad that even though it might be like maybe an inch or, or five inches of standing water in your house, that can cause major damage to your house. This is the imagery that the word of God is trying to paint. It's like, look, the destructive behavior that your friends used to have is like a flood. Even if it's just a little bit in your house, even though it's just a little bit of water in your house, it's still destructive. And what that's trying to, what Peter is trying to paint for us is, look, you're no longer a part of that destructive behavior anymore. You've been made new in Christ Jesus. You're no longer into the things that you used to be. So, so, so now that you're still in the world but not of it, you're still around the same friends, but you don't connect with the same friends like you used to do. What do they do? The word paints it clear, and, I, and I've seen this happen before. They slander you. Wisdom thinks she's all high and mighty because she goes to church. Man... Jalen was just with me at that party three months ago. Now he's claiming he has to go to Elevate. Man, you hear, you hear, you hear Judah broke. Don't take this the wrong way, Judah. I'm just using you as a metaphor. I have liberty to do that. You hear that Judah had broke up with his girlfriend? What was that about? I don't know, man. He said he started going to church. Man, he's one of them like weirdo, like Jesus freak type kids, man. He's weird. People are going to slander things that they don't understand. People are going to talk and lie about things that they don't understand. But, but, but don't doubt. We had talked about it. Where's Jericho at? We had talked about the fear of missing out last week. <laughs> Jericho had mistakenly called it fomophobia. <laughs> But you feel that. That hits hard. The people that you thought that rock with you are now lying on your back. The people that you thought that, that, that were your boys, the people that you thought were, were your girls, now all of a sudden they're talking bad about you. It wasn't because you did them wrong. It's because you started living for Christ and they're not. That, that's, that's not a part for you to feel any shame for. You shouldn't feel any shame. You shouldn't feel ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 1.16, you don't have to be ashamed for what God has done for you. You don't have to be ashamed that you've been set free. You don't have to be ashamed that you're living a life for Christ. You don't have to be ashamed that you've chosen to, 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 to live your life as a living sacrifice for him. But now that you've come to an understanding that, look, just like it says in verse 5, remember that they will have to face God. Let me share something with you guys. You don't have to be a Christian to face God at the end. Did you know that? Did you know that this doesn't just pertain to Christians? That it pertains to everybody in the world that judgment day is coming? That, that God, that, that Jesus, 
on the authority seat is going to say either, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me. I never knew you. That's, that, that, that's for everybody. So because that you're living a Christ-like lifestyle, because you've, you've, you've laid down your life for Christ's sake, you can live with, with, this, with this holy pride. You can live with, with this, 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 this thought of this that, look, I've laid down my life for Christ. I'm living a life with, with the expectancy that God is going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm not going to be ashamed of that. I'm a part of a family. I'm a part of a, of a holy kingdom that, that, that where I can be free to be who I've been created to be. Not who, what the world says about me. Not what the world identifies me to be as, but who God has created me to be. Why should I be ashamed? Why should I, why should I fall and trip off the lies of what the world is trying to say about me? I know the truth because I've met Jesus Christ. Verse 6 says, that is why the good news was preached to those who, were, who, who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in spirit. Listen, this wasn't Peter saying that he was going to cemeteries and going, well, you know, Jesus wants to save your life. They're already dead. He's talking spiritually dead. He's talking spiritually separated from God. He's talking about the people that, that, that not only uh, 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 don't have a knowledge of him, but the people that do have a knowledge of him but haven't submitted their lives to him. That's who he's talking about, the spiritually dead. Don't think that just because you walk through those doors, that means that you're saved. Don't believe that just because you touch your Bible on the way out to work or school or whatever it may be, that you're saved. We, we talked about it before. It's by confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus died and rose from the dead, that he is the one that saved you from your sin. Repenting of the life that you live, that's how you're saved. It's not just by knowing God. It's by knowing God intimately. We take it a step further, that we have a real and relevant relationship with God. It says that so although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in spirit. That when the Bible talks about being written in the Lamb's book of life, like you guys ever been to a party that you had an RSVP to? Or maybe have you been to a wedding that like you show up to the door and, and y'all are too young for this, but they do this at the club too sometimes. Where it's like, what's your name? Like John Butcher? Yeah, yeah, I see your name. Go ahead and head in. Like... You're part of like this special group, this special club that gets to get in somewhere special when it's all said and done. It's like your name when you're saved is written in the Lamb's book of life. You've been RSVP'd to, to, to live eternity with God. That's something to be excited about. That's not something that we have to shy away from or, or feel bad about. But not only do, are, are you on this RSVP list, You've been given liberty to add plus ones. Like, hey, man, I got an invitation for you. There's this place that we're going to go to later. I want to invite you to. I want to invite you to know who Jesus is. That's how you get in. That's, that's, that's the liberty that we've been given. That when we, uh, just this past Tuesday, Pastor Eric and I were, were, were teaching about John chapter 20. And in John chapter 20... 
in this particular gospel, John is painting the image of, 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 of Jesus' resurrection, what had happened. The, 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 the part where, you guys remember on Easter when we did the kids video, the part where Jesus showed up in the room and, 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 and when he, he gave them the mission that they were supposed to do, he breathed on them the Holy Spirit and gave them the power to spread the gospel, the power to spread the good news, the power to spread of the good thing that has happened to them so they can share with other people so that they can experience it too. That as a Christian, as a son and daughter, as, as, as a person that was once in the dark and now has been adopted into the family of God, you have the liberty to, to lead people to adoption. You have the liberty to lead people that are in a dark place into the family of God. That listen, as we, as we proceed in, the, in this verse, it says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Be earnest and disciplined in your conversation with God. And this is how this, this particular portion of scripture ends. It says, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sins. And as I come to a close, wisdom, you can come up. I was reading this part of scripture in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, and I've heard it before. Love covers a multitude of sins. I'm like, okay, yeah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. What does that mean? Love covers a multitude of sins. What does it mean that it covers a multitude? I don't understand. That this is the blueprint that Peter is trying to give us. He, he, he tells us that we've experienced the, the, we've experienced and understand the sacrifice that Jesus did while he was here on earth. We, 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 we recognize the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us. We recognize that we've been made new in Christ, that we are no longer caught up in the flood of the destructive lifestyle that we used to live in, but we found a new life in Christ. Not only that, that we recognize that, that, that there eventually is an end to this flesh, that there's an a, a end and coming day where, where, where God is going to judge man based upon if they've had a relationship with God or if they didn't, in, in the simplest terms I can put. But what Peter kind of ends this passage with in verse 8 is so important for us to recognize as Christians. Not only do you recognize the sacrifice that Jesus did for you on the cross, not only do you sacrifice that, that, that you are to echo the attitude of Christ that, look, I can't deal with the sin. I can't, I can't be caught up in the dirtiness of this life. I have to live a life, a life that is about my father's business, a, a life that, that echoes the attitude of my father. I have to be about life-giving principles. I have to be about life-giving uh, words. I have to continue to show the love of my father to people. That's what Jesus did when he came to earth. He came to earth showing the love of the Father to people. What did the word say when, when, when the people back then were saying, show us God, show us the Father. Rabbi, show us the Father. What did he say? He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What you're looking for, that closure, that love that you need, can be, can be shown through you through Christ's spirit. It can be shown through you through, through, through the power that and authority that Jesus has given us. 
that we can show the love that was lavished on us. We can show the love that God showed towards us to other people. If we can all stand to our feet. I don't know about you, but when I hear love your neighbor and love your enemy, am I the only one that, that, that doesn't think that that's tough? Am I the only one that, 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 that struggles with that sometimes? Because believe it, it's hard to love people that don't love you. It's hard to love people that, that, that talk bad about you, that, 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 that slander your name in the mud, that, 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 that curse you, that, that, that don't care nothing about you. But it says, continue to show deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sins. That paints the image of God's love. That when the Bible says, and while we were yet sinners, while we were enemies of God, while we were detached and, and separated from a relationship with God, he still loved us. He still sacrificed himself for us. He still laid down his life for us. And, and I don't know if you've looked at yourself in the mirror, in a spiritual mirror, in a mirror that, that we have done things in our lives as sinners that, that spat in God's face. At one point, we were enemies of God. At one point, we did everything to, to separate ourselves from God. But in spite of ourselves, God still died for us. That's how tremendous his love is for us. And because we've experienced that type of love, because we've experienced that type of mercy and grace, what God is telling us to do today, here and now, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, as, as self-proclaiming Christians, is to show that same love to each other. To be patient, to be kind, to be long-suffering. To not envy one another. That if we're going to call ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ, we can't be the ones talking bad about each other. You know good and well if they talk bad about your biological brother and sister, there'd be a problem. So why would you talk bad about your spiritual brother or sister? You've experienced the love of God. You've experienced the perfect love of God. How, how is it that you've experienced this love and claim that you love God back, but you don't love the brother that you see? Keep this in mind, that, that we're not people that don't know who God is, that we've experienced his love, that we've, that we've come to know what his sacrifice is, that in acknowledging that, that we've decided to lay down our lives, that doesn't mean just coming to church, that doesn't mean just showing up when you have to serve, that doesn't mean just fulfilling an obligation. But that means devoting your whole life. You don't have to be a pastor to devote your whole life to Christ. You don't have to be a worship leader up here with a microphone in order to be a worshiper. That you have to recognize that, look, this isn't just a, a, a particular time for me to be a good person. This isn't just a time for me to look good for my parents or for me to show my parents, hey, look, I'm a good kid now. No, my life is, is laid down for the sake and glory of God. Most of us in here are family. Most of us in here have come to a knowledge of who Christ is. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, if there is any doubt, 
if there's any reason that you need to come back to Christ and repent for the things that you've done, I want you to come down to the altar. Listen. You haven't gone through or made any decisions that your brothers or sisters haven't brothers and sisters haven't already made. There is no judgment. There is therefore no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But he has given you the opportunity for redemption. He has given you the opportunity to turn from your sin and to turn towards God. That repentance has to be an ever-changing, ever-turning process of sanctification through God's word so that we can be made perfect in Christ. It's a process. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. But that's why we have grace. We don't have grace so that we can continue to sin and live in sin. But we have been given grace so that we can live a life that is devoted to God. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for laying it out plainly for us, God. That we recognize, God, that, that you aren't here at this moment to condemn us, Lord God, but you are giving us the opportunity to bring us back to yourself, Lord. I pray that you create in us clean hearts, that you renew in us right spirits, that you restore unto us the joy of our salvation, God. Make us more and more like you each and every day. I am praying that no moment is wasted, God. No second, no, no, no minute, God, is wasted, Lord, in our lives. That you give us purpose with each and every step, God. Not our will be done, God, but your will be done. Allow us to put aside our emotion, God. Allow us to put aside our personal preference, God. And allow us to put on the things that you want us to put on, God. Reveal to us our purpose. Reveal to us the thing that you have for us, Lord God. Rearrange what, what it means to be blessed in our lives, God. Continue to be our provider, God. Our keeper, our protector. We recognize you as the only source for contentment in our lives, God. We recognize you as the only source that can fill us up, Lord. God, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a praise real quick for his word? Listen, man, I encourage you guys, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. When you get home, open up the Bible for yourselves. Get, connect, get, get together with your brothers or sisters or your leaders to start a, a, a Bible plan or a Bible study. Get together and if you have social media and you're on Instagram or your parents are on Facebook, whatever it may be, if you have questions, don't be afraid to ask. You weren't put in a spiritual family to do life alone. You were put in a spiritual family so that you can, you can lean on brothers and sisters to do, to do and live a life that, that Christ has called you to live. You're not by yourself. You're not alone. You have support. Amen? Amen. If all needs have been met, look, if you need prayer, know that your leaders are here and available for you. Ladies, you got volleyball this Saturday at 11 o'clock at Lawler Ranch Park. I almost said Heritage again. At Lawler Ranch Park, 11 o'clock. Be there. Be square. Make sure you bring your protective gear. I don't know what's going down because I'm not going to be there. So...
Anyways, tell me who wins. But anyways, Sunday, this Sunday, listen, I need everyone that wants to go to let me know by tonight, okay? If you don't let me know by tonight, and at the last minute you're like, but you really want to go. Sorry. Noah's Ark, we left. Like, but nah, we're going to have the church bus. We're going to try our best to all get in together. We're going to head over to Vallejo. We're going to go show some support to another youth group in Vallejo at Bridgeway. The youth group is called the Wave Youth in Vallejo. We, 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 aren't a, we aren't a church clique. We are definitely not a cult, okay? But we're a part of the bigger body of Christ, the Big C Church. So it's important that we support one another. It's important that we get together and fellowship with one another. And look, it's all about the kingdom, amen? So let me know after service if you want to go, and then let your parents know that it's happening. Because listen... I've already gotten phone calls about events like, um, excuse me, I can't find my son. Have you seen him? Oh, he's with us at the Encounter Conference. Yeah, I don't want to do that again, okay? Let's have clear, a clear triangle of communication. Us, you, your parents. All right, that's all I need to say. Love you guys. We got groups right after this. Guys in here in the sanctuary. Ladies over in the elevate room. Go with God. I love you guys. We'll see you on Sunday.